Thanks for tuning in to the Crew at UGA podcast. We are so glad to have you with us. Crew exists to call students to know God, grow in their faith, and go to the world. If you would like to get more connected with Crew at UGA, or if we can help you in any way at all, go to the show notes and click on the link, or follow us on Instagram at Crew at UGA. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Crew at UGA podcast. This is Kyler. I'm a full-time staff member with Crew, and I'm glad that you're here with us for another week's episode, which is episode three. And joining me again today is Alan. That's right. Episode three. Here we go. Although, for you and me, it's episode two, actually. Yes, it is. We uh, we did our first episode together, uh, and then the second episode, you know, I, I had the chance to interview Andrew, oh, which came out on Friday. Sure. Um, but this is episode three for us. Right, because the, the even number podcasts on Fridays, right. they're just like spotlights where we're going to talk very briefly about a certain person or certain thing that's going on, mm-hmm. something like that. But yeah. On Tuesdays, we'll do the bigger one yeah. together. So here we go. So here we go. I will say this. Ever since we did that last podcast a week ago, all I have heard is everybody saying, Oh, Kyler, you have the perfect <laughs> podcast voice. Oh, Kyler, doesn't he have the greatest podcast voice ever? So thanks for stealing the show. I really appreciate yeah, that, <laughs> Mr. Perfect podcast voice hey i do what i can i, I work with what i've been given <laughs> but uh but it was it was fun it's fun doing this it Alan. is it's really fun doing this it's yeah. really fun doing this yeah. and i mean like we mentioned last week if anybody didn't hear the purpose of this is to be a point of connection with crew for whoever is listening as we talked about we can't meet memorial hall and do our regular weekly mm. meeting right now which has always been a fun point of connection and community but we're just kind of keeping it going with the podcast for right now, even yeah. though it's not the same. Um, and if you aren't familiar with us, if you're still kind of new and tuning in, then um, Crew exists to call students to know God, grow in their faith, and go to the world. We say that a lot. It's mm-hmm. just kind of our mission statement. We talk about no, grow, go, and this is kind of who we are. Yeah. Um, and actually, this week on this podcast, we're going to talk about that. We're going to do a little mini-series, mm. especially on the, the no part for the next two weeks, because the knowing piece, specifically knowing God, who He is, mm. why that's so important, and, and having that relationship with Him is really the heart of everything, the yeah. heart of all we do, absolutely, the heart of who we are, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, you know, as we were sifting through like hey what are we going to talk about on the podcast we were like we've got to start there like yeah, yeah yes we we started you know with you uh last week just saying hey welcome to the feast come with us join mm-hmm. this thing with us right um but after that like we we decided like we've got to start with knowing god and who he is and how that interacts with us right. so so where are you taking us this week yeah so this week i'm going to be giving the the talk, um, mm. as it were, mm-hmm. and so you uh, have a perfect podcast voice. That's right. So our <laughs> listeners are going to get to hear me a lot, <laughs> man, Alan. Uh, but yeah, this week, um, you know, I'm going to be sharing a story uh, from the New Testament. And so, Alan, you know, last week you shared from the Old Testament, uh, but this week I'm going to be sharing a story that was actually told by Jesus um, in the Book of Luke, and uh, and and this story can be found in Luke 15. And this story may be one that, you know, if you're listening, you may be familiar with this story, or it may be new to you too, uh, and that's totally okay. Um, but personally, this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible, and so I'm going to be sharing it. 
Awesome. Yeah. And so before we jump into the story, I do want to just set the scene. Um, so what's happening in Luke 15 and in this part of the gospel, Jesus, he is in the middle of his ministry. And so he's been traveling around proclaiming the good news about the kingdom of God and he's been healing people who are sick and, and forgiving sinners and welcoming them. Um, and all kinds of people are being drawn to Jesus. Like they are, they're looking at him, they're experiencing him. Like, okay, he's different. I, I, I really want to see what he has to say. And so he, he began to get a lot of followers. And so Luke 15 uh, tells us of who is around Jesus and who, who began to follow him. And, and who, who was there to listen to him as he shares this story. And so, here we are, Luke 15. There are two groups of people that are around Jesus at this time. And so, who are they? The first group were the tax collectors and the sinners. And so, these people were the non-religious people. And so, they were on the fringes of religious society, and they were largely not welcomed because of their viewpoints and their way of living that were contrary to the religious law and customs um, of the day. But again, like I said, they were intrigued by Jesus. Uh, there was something about him that, that felt different, and his message was different. And so they really wanted to, to follow him and figure out what he was all about. And so that's the first group. But then there was a second group. And so the second group of people that were around at this time were the Pharisees and the scribes. And so they were the highly religious people. They did all the right things, Alan. And they were the model citizens of society. But they were threatened by Jesus. They were threatened by his life, and his teachings were actually really troubling to them. And so what's happening is there, there, there are these two groups of people, and they begin to crowd around Jesus and then the religious group actually began to grumble. They began to complain and say, this man, this Jesus guy, he receives sinners. He welcomes them and he eats with them. And so when Jesus heard them grumble like this, he wanted to tell everyone listening this parable. And so this parable, it has it actually had three parts. And so the first part was about a lost sheep who wandered away from the shepherd who was lost outside of the camp. And so that was the first part. The second part was about a lost coin that didn't roll away outside of the house, but was actually lost within the house. But then the third part, the one that we're going to be looking at today, was a story of two sons who were both lost, but they were lost in very different ways. And so, Alan, how about you read the, read the story for us, in, uh, starting in Luke 15 uh, and verse 11. Okay. Let's see. <clears throat> verse 11 says, There was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his field to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I'll arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father... I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. 
treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose, and he came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion. And he ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf, because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command. Yet You never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Mm. So there it is. There's yeah. our story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, um, gosh, it's such a good story. Yeah. Man, I love it. Uh, Tell us about it. Yeah, so let's unpack it here. All right, so in this story, we can see three main characters, right? And so there's a younger son, uh, we see an elder son, and we see a father. And now for the rest of our time today on the podcast, I am going to be focusing on and talking about these two sons. Who are they? And what what were they like? What, what was going on with them? But then next week on the podcast, Alan, you're going to be talking exclusively about the father, right? Yep. The reason we did this is in order to, I think, to capture the full meaning of the story, we knew that maybe we needed to break it up and do two different episodes. And so I'm going to be talking about the two sons, and then Alan is going to be talking about the father next week. But, so for today, let's start by talking about this younger son. So what's going on with him? Well, as we can see in the story, he comes to his father and he asks his father for the share of the family fortune. Now, for a bit of cultural context here, for a son during this time to do what he just did would have been jaw-dropping. I mean, it would have been an extremely disrespectful thing to do, and it would have been a gut-wrenching experience for this father. And and because we know, like, usually people obtain an inheritance when their parents or grandparents die, but here this father is, he's still alive. And so it it literally was like this son came to his father and said, I don't want to deal with you anymore. I just want your stuff. I don't want, I only want what is mine. I don't want a relationship with you. I know what's best for me, and it is not living under your roof or your care. In fact, Dad, I wish you were dead. Wow. Yeah. Just give me the things, give me my things so I can just go do whatever I want with them. Mm. And Alan, I imagine as the listeners heard this story for the first time, I imagine an audible gasp was given by everyone listening because this would have been such a jaw-dropping thing to hear. But we see in the story the father 
he gave the son the freedom to go and do as he pleased. And the son, he, he goes off into a far country and he lives it up. I mean, he does whatever he wants with his, with his fortune, leaving his father in the dust. In his story, it says that he spent all that he had on reckless living. And one can only imagine what they, that may have been like uh, for this son. But then, once all the fun was over and all the money was dried up, trouble hit this son. A great famine arose, leaving this son feeling hungry and feeling empty. And what was once a land of opportunity and pleasure for this son was now desolate and painful for him. And now the story goes on. It, you know, it says that this younger son found work as a servant feeding pigs. And he became so desperate that he longed to eat the pods that the pigs were eating. Mm. But then the story says he came to his senses. You see, this son remembered what home was like. And so this son devised a plan to go back and really beg for his father's forgiveness and acceptance. You know, he thought that if he could just go back and convince his father to just make him a servant, that maybe he could actually get some food. You know, this son wasn't expecting or longing to be restored to his father. In fact, he was expecting to be punished and shamed because of what he did. But still, he thought, I'll try going home. And now, much to the son's surprise, as we see in the story, he was welcomed back to his father's house. And not as a servant, but as a son. His father ran to him. His father stopped his speech before he could even get it out. And his father extended grace and forgiveness to the son. And actually, the father called for there to be a party to celebrate this son's return. Man, it's just so cool every time I see this. There's just so much shock and beauty, I think, to just how the father responds to the son. And Alan, I'm really excited because next week you're going to be talking all about That's that. Right. And so so be sure to catch next week's episode as Alan talks about what is happening with this father. But remember, this week it's about the sons. And so this is what we saw from the younger son, but what do we learn? Well, I think we learn a few things. We learned that this son was motivated by self-centeredness and a life of self-discovery. He wanted what he wanted when he wanted it. He left home to make something of himself and to find a path of life on his own that had nothing to do with his father. And he would go to whatever lengths that he could to obtain that for himself. We also learned that he rejected his father, viewing his father as a master and not as a father at all. He viewed him as a burden and as a means to an end, not as a person of love and connection. This son didn't understand all the good that the father wanted for him in being home and belonging to the family, but instead, this son wanted to rebel and stay away. And then we learned that this son was relationally and spiritually lost. See, he was searching to be found in a world outside of being close with his father. 
this son, he, he turned to temporary fulfillment and pleasure to give him that sense of satisfaction and belonging that he craved. But when that fulfillment and pleasure eventually dried up for him, it actually caused more pain than lasting good for the son. Hmm. Right, so that's, so that's the younger son. And mm-hmm. you said these two sons relate to the two parts of the audience that Jesus was talking to, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and so what's interesting here is as Jesus looked around him and saw who was listening, he told this parable to really address both of those groups. And so this younger son, this younger son represents the tax collectors and the sinners who did not have a relationship with God. And by telling this part of the story about this younger son, Jesus, he wasn't seeking to condemn them or push them away like others had done to them. He was actually inviting them to come home. He was inviting them to stop their searching and their running. And and he was inviting them to be found by knowing God. You see, Jesus was inviting this group of people to experience the true joy and celebration of genuine fellowship with his heavenly Father. Mm. It's an amazing invitation. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. So, so that's the younger son in the first group. So what about the older son? Who is he talking to with the older son? And what's he like? Yeah. And so this this older son, Jesus, you know, remember as, as we saw in the beginning of Luke 15, we've got these Pharisees and these scribes and they're grumbling. They're complaining that Jesus would welcome sinners. And so now Jesus is about to address them. And so he is going to shift the focus of the story onto this elder son and talk to them. And so what do we learn about this elder son? So it's very interesting. The elder son in this story is found working in the field. And so this elder son is, in quotations, doing the right things. He's doing what was expected of him. And so what happens is when he finishes his work, he came to the house and he heard a big party going on. And so this elder son, he asks one of the other workers what this party was all about. And the elder son learned that his younger brother had come home. But he also learned that instead of punishing him and shaming him, this father had welcomed him home and was throwing a big party to celebrate his return. And how did this elder brother respond? He got angry, Mm -hmm. right? He felt that this whole scene, this whole party was an outrage. And he refused to go inside and join the celebration. And so what we see in the story is his father, when his father heard of this, when his father heard that he was outside and wouldn't come in, his father left the party and came outside to talk to him, to meet him where he was. You know, it says in the story that his father entreated him, which essentially means his father asked him earnestly and affectionately Come inside. Come join me. Come to the party. Celebrate with me. I want you there. But this elder son wouldn't have any of it. This elder son said to his father, Look here. All these years I have served you. I have never disobeyed any of your commands. But instead of praising me, instead of celebrating me, you never even threw me a party. Like, you you never gave me even a goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. 
But when this younger son of yours came home from his wild living, devouring everything that you've given him with prostitutes, you killed a fattened calf for him to celebrate this whole thing. Man, like what a blow. What a blow to this this gracious father as he extends grace to his elder son. This is how his, his elder son responds. Now, so Alan, what is he getting at? What is Jesus getting at in this part of the story? Well, I, I think like the younger son, we learn a few things. We learn that this son was also motivated by self-centeredness. But his self-centeredness was actually marked by a life of moral conformity. This son lived to do all the right things in an attempt to find himself. He was seeking to earn favor and acceptance from his father and from the world by obeying a strict moral code. But because of this, what we see is he actually was only living for himself the whole time. And he was neglecting close fellowship with his father and he was pushing away those who weren't like him. Those who weren't, in quotes, as good as he was, like his younger brother. We also learn about this elder brother that he rejects his father and also views him as a master, just like the younger son did. He also viewed him as a burden and a means to an end and not not as a person of love and genuine connection. You know, we see that this this elder son, man, he was only concerned with his expected rewards for his dutiful service to his father. And we see him complaining that the father never threw him a party for sticking around and obeying him. And then when we see when this elder son experiences the, in quotes, inappropriate grace of his father, this elder son lashes out and rejects him even more. And lastly, we we learn about this son. He was also relationally and spiritually lost. You see, he was searching to be found inside a religious system of rights and wrongs instead of enjoying closeness with his father. He was so concerned with his self-righteous obedience that he actually was lost inside the father's house. I mean, Alan, you've got to imagine, this elder son saw his father every day. He was close to his father every day. Hmm. But he was so busy working to be found by his own merit and by his own good works that here he is, he remained desperately lost. And so, Alan, you know why I love this story so much? Hmm. I love it because every time I read it, I see me in it. I see my heart in both the younger son and the elder son. You know, I think back to my life before I became a Christian. So before I started following Jesus, I look back on that and I totally experienced the motivations of both of these sons in this story. I remember running from God. I remember trying to be satisfied by all kinds of things out there, but it didn't work. But then I remember trying to follow all the rules, like the elder son. I remember trying to make people proud and make God proud of me, but that didn't work. But then even now, I see myself still in this story. 
even though I know God and, and, and have a relationship with Him, you know, I still have ways of doing things and thinking about things that resemble this younger son of running from God and doubting God and, and trying to pursue all these temporary pleasures. But then I also have in my life now still ways of trying to stay home but being distanced from God. Oftentimes I can try so hard to check all the Christian boxes and do all the right things in the Christian life. But when I do them and as I scramble and and work so hard to do them, I forget about grace and I forget about God's character. And what ends up happening is I, I feel relationally far from God when I try all these things. And so that's why I love the story and, and love just, just thinking about it and because I see myself in it. And so what about you, Alan? As you listen to the story, maybe how does it land on you? Yeah, that's really good. I, I loved what you said in that last part about the older son right there. When you talked about how here he is, he's living in the father's house. He sees him every day. But you, you wonder, how much did they talk? Mm. Or did he really did he really know and enjoy his father or was he so busy out in the fields like you talked about doing all the work making sure everything got done trying to make dad proud that he never mm. really even just enjoyed his father mm. and I just I feel kind of convicted like that because I tend to when when I err I tend to err toward that side I think I've kind of mm. come from the Christian background I'm kind of an achiever and mm. A lot of times it's just all about, okay, what can I do for God? Sometimes I wonder if crew is a ministry, if we get that personality a little, mm. a little. sometimes we get, we like to do stuff, right? Yeah. Mm. And, and there are times we need to just do less and enjoy our father. Mm. And I think that's why the no comes first. We have Absolutely. to continually remind ourselves of that. So yeah, I, I definitely see myself in that as well, like you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And what's so awesome about this story, you know, when I when I experienced it, I'm just like, oh man, there's a lot of conviction there. Like, man, I see myself as the, the younger son and the elder son. Right, right. But I also see the truth of the gospel in the story. You know, I find the heart, the true heart of Christianity, because Christianity, yes, it rejects the path of self-centeredness and and self-discovery, but it also rejects the path of self-centered moral conformity. Like that's Christianity yeah. re- rejects both of those. Mm-hmm. But what it affirms, Christianity affirms a deep and intimate relationship with God, one of knowing Him and of being known by Him. You know, and what's the beauty of this is all of this is made possible for us because of Christ, right? I mean, His perfect life, His death on the cross, and His resurrection, He he makes a way for us to know God and be known by God. And so as we wrap up this week's episode, um, you know, I want to make just one more observation for our listeners, and then I want to ask, uh, ask a, a few just maybe personal reflection questions for our listeners. And so another piece about this story that I think is jaw-dropping is how it ends. Man, like we don't get a ton of resolve. You see that the story ends with the younger son, the outwardly rebellious one, right? It ends with... He came home, and he is enjoying deep fellowship with his father. And so there's maybe some resolve there. But then the elder son, the outwardly obedient one, he's still sitting outside. 
he still refuses to come home and enjoy the fellowship. And so maybe as readers and as listeners, we're left wondering, right? Like, what's going to happen? Will he go inside? Will he not? And so even in the midst of these questions, I think, I think Jesus, as he told it, left it so open-ended. It's because there's an open invitation for his listeners. You know, the story ends, we hear from the Father. That's the last, the last voice we hear is that of the Father as an open invitation to come home. And so as we wrap up this, this episode, I want to, everyone listening, I want you to stop and imagine you're sitting with Jesus as he tells his story in Luke 15. So you're sitting, you're listening to him, you're learning from him. And as it ends, and as the invitation to come home rings in your ears, I want to ask, who do you identify with most in the story? Does your life and does your heart reflect that of the younger son? Does God seem more like an unfair uh, master than an actual father? Are you trying to run away from God in order to be found by someone or something else? Or does your life and your heart reflect that of the elder son? Are you trying to earn love and earn a sense of identity by your own obedience and good works? How do you maybe react when you see sin, weakness, and failure in other people? Do you welcome them or do you judge them and try to keep them away? Or maybe if you're listening, maybe you're just new to the whole God thing and you don't really see yourself in the story. Maybe you're just passing by, listening, and maybe you have some questions. You know, maybe you're like, what if I don't trust that God is a good father? What if I don't know what he's like enough to believe all this? Well, I just want to say thanks for listening, and, and you're welcome here. And I do want to encourage you next week as we uh, hear from Alan, uh, as he gives us a deeper look at who the Father is and what he's like, uh, maybe some of your questions will be answered um, in that time. But whoever you are, whether you're a passerby, whether you're a younger son, or whether you're an elder son, or maybe a little bit of both. The invitation to you is to come home and enjoy fellowship with the Father. Right, and that's just the heart of no. I mean, mm. we are here to know God. That's a, and that's great. And you know, th- there are so many people, I'm sure, listening to this who are at different stages on the spiritual journey. And that's totally great. Mm. We welcome all comers. And I do love how this story kind of shows you the one side and the other side. And then you think about, well, who are the passers-by who are just kind of intrigued and mm. exploring? Hey, you're welcome here, too. Yeah. These are great questions for you. So, yeah, Kyler, thanks. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that was really great. I can't wait to talk about the Father next week. I'm excited. I That's going to be listen. great. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is. If you have any thoughts, any questions, uh, if you want to interact with us, there's an address in the show comments or notes that yeah. um, you can always reach out to us. You know, we can't stand around on a Tuesday night and talk with you about it, so... If you want to shoot us a message or something like that, we interact with you virtually. Yeah, something absolutely. Like that. But thanks, Kyler. This was great. Yeah, thank you, Alan. And, and thank you again for everyone listening. Uh, we're grateful that, that you're tuning in, and uh, we really hope to get to see you soon one day. One day.